What's the most wise thing to do? To go to Popeyes or to go to Chick-fil-A? Oh, Popeyes all the way. Uh-oh. What is the wisest snack that you can take and eat? It's the wiser thing I eat and I eat it all. So in other words, when you do have a snack, eat it all. Wisest answer, what is the best dessert out there? No question, apple pie. Apple pie with, with ice cream? Bluebell vanilla ice cream. Bluebell. You know you're from Texas. Are you from Texas? Yeah, I am from. You know you're from Texas when you have to throw in. It's Bluebell. Don't just get regular ice cream. You got to get Bluebell. We're not joking around here. Guys, Hawaiian shirts wins. This guy is wise. If you had to give your parents some wisdom on how to raise you better, what would you tell them? You're doing great. Just be yourself. You say, Mom, just be yourself. You don't have to be these other moms. Just be yourself, right? Right. Who is the wisest person you've ever met? I don't have anybody off the top of my head. Your husband's right behind you, like, interesting. Can I get an interview? No. All right. Can I get an interview? No. Well, hey, everybody, all of our campuses, all of you watching online, all of us here at Frisco East, man, I'm so glad to, to be with you today. Happy Father's Day. Last week, we decided that every week should be Father's Day, didn't we? No? No? Well, hey, uh, some of you thought, he's lost his mind. It's all good. It's all good. Hey, before I dive in, I'm very excited about today. I think it's going to be very helpful. Uh, the last song we sang all together, The Goodness of God. Now, we sing that song, and, and in the back of our mind, there's like a movie reel playing of the hard times in our lives. Because some of us have had really, really hard lives. Maybe right now you're in a marriage that is hard. Maybe you have been through the fire in a variety of ways in your life. And it, it, you look back and you go, man, very difficult how many understand, I just want you to under, hopefully understand the theology of that song in that our circumstances do not dictate the character of God. God is always good. He is always still because that's his character. I mean, that's, that's, that's his character. Even though our circumstances may be difficult, and we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, if not death, he is still good. And he is still faithful. And if you look back over many, many of the stories in the, in the Bible, but you look at Joseph and the unfair things that happened to him. But yet he, in the middle of his circumstances, didn't get distracted, didn't get disillusioned, but he just stayed faithful. And then look what happened. You look at Job, who had all the reason in the world to go, God, what's up? Didn't get disillusioned, didn't get distracted. He had questions, but man, he stayed faithful. Guys, in the middle of your mess, maybe you're going through a mess right now. Maybe you went through that 20 years ago, whatever the case is. Don't misinterpret your circumstances, our circumstances, with his character. He is good, and he can be trusted. So next time you sing that song, you don't have to go, well, I don't know, I don't know if I like this song. Okay? And that's, that's how I, that's how I uh, impersonate every single person who disagrees with me, is a, a, a redneck hick. Okay? Just know that he is good. He is good. So be encouraged today. All right. 
summer series. Here's where we've been. We've been we're, we're going through Proverbs right now. Next week, I'll start Ecclesiastes, and then we'll go into Job. Summer series called Wisdom. First week of wisdom, here's what we talked about, pursuing it. Now, you can choose your way or you can choose God's. It is entirely up to you. You can live life your way and reap the results, or you can live the life God's way, your life God's way, and reap the results. Pursuing wisdom is key. The second week, Brock, one of our teaching pastors, did a great job in people wisdom. In other words, our relationships and dealing with our relationships and wisdom. Last week, I talked about uh, words of wisdom, thinking before we speak. Today, I want to talk to you about a very practical wisdom and money. If I were to ask you, many of us would be nervous about this question, but if I were to ask you if you like money, most of you would go, yes. Yes, because you're nervous because you know you're not supposed to love it. And so you would say, no, I don't love it, but I sure do like it. All right? That's okay. Money's good. Can we just settle that fact that money is good? How many have had quite a bit and how many have had little? Which one's better? Right? There's no question that, well, I say there's no question. I mean, I don't know. That's my opinion. But at any rate, when you talk about money, listen to this. Solomon, the wealthiest person in his day, the wisest person who's ever lived. What would he say about money? I think the Proverbs written 27, 2900 years ago give us some insight into understanding our lives. The whole book, if, you read the, if you've ever read Proverbs, you, the, the un, unbelievable relativity to our lives, I mean, it relates You'll read some scripture today in Proverbs, and it's like, wow, this guy is reading my mail in 2021. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. So what would he say about money? I'm going to call this, this message the money principles of Proverbs. So looked at you know, chapters 1 through 31. What did Solomon say about money? Every verse that he said about money. And then I've put them in four principles, okay? These are just my opinion, but four principles of the book of Proverbs about money. The first, now, Solomon starts, interestingly enough, I started my outline differently. Started my outline with the, the second point, but then as I was reading, I was like, man, this is the first time that Solomon mentions money. In this book, chapter one, he mentions money. So the first principle, I'm going to go with his outline rather than mine. The first thing he says about money is this, the principle of greed. It robs us of life. Chapter 1, verse 19, here's what he says. Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money. It robs them of life. Now, Webster's Dictionary defines greed like this. A selfish and excessive desire for more of something, such as money, it puts that in there, not me, than is needed. A selfish desire, an excessive desire for more of something than is needed. Now, don't raise your hand, but how many say, oh, okay, I, I agreed, I'm greedy. A lot, most, all of us. All of us. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 4 says it like this. Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. 
I mean, we're going somewhere with this, so stay with me. Stay with him. Proverbs 23, 4, it says, hey, you just know when to quit. Know when to stop the pursuit of an unquenchable thirst. Chapter 15, verse 27, greedy people bring trouble to their families, but the person who can't be paid to do wrong will live. So true. Now, let me put it on the screen like this. Hopefully this makes sense to you. Greed is a treadmill that never ends. It robs us of the very life we're running for. So picture, picture a treadmill, a very good thing. It, it helps our cardio and so forth, but it goes nowhere. I mean, you're just literally going nowhere. Greed is like that. Greed is something that grabs a hold of you and the very thing that you're chasing, the, the happiness, the joy, the satisfaction, the fulfillment, the purpose that you are on the running, of the treadmill of life, greed robs you of the happiness, the joy, the fulfillment, the, pe uh, the peace, the purpose. It robs us of that. The very thing that we want most in life, greed will take away from us because nobody, listen, Nobody who's wealthy on their deathbed says, I wish I would have made one more million. I wish I'd have made 10 more million. I wish I'd have closed two more deals. Nobody says that. But every one of them says, man, I wish, I look back on my life, and, and we could all say this, whether you're wealthy or not. We could all look back on my life. I mean, I wish I'd have spent more time with my family. I wish I'd have invested more of my life into my marriage or into my grandkids or into the next generation or whatever. Nobody. Why? Because greed robs you of the very things that are fulfilling in life. That's the first principle that Solomon gives us. Those who are greedy, they get robbed of life. This is so practical, but yet in our area, because it's not just about our greed, it's about our neighbor's greed. And I'm not talking about your next door neighbor. I'm just talking about, you know, around us because we compare ourselves. Somebody else gets a new thing. It's like, well, I, mean, I need a new thing. Somebody else gets a new car. I, well, I need a new car. Somebody else gets a new bike. Well, that, that's okay. But another thing, you know what I'm saying? Another thing, it's like, well, yeah, I need, I need, I need, because we are not only dealing with our greed, but we're dealing with everybody else's greed, trying to keep up. And it robs us, doesn't it? It robs us of really what we're looking for. That's the first principle. The second is the principle of financial firsts, the principle of financial priorities. And the principle of that is blessing. When, you learn, when we learn the principle of the firsts or the priorities of our money, we get blessing. Chapter three, he says it like this. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. So in that agrarian culture, we, you know, it was offering up the Lord uh, grain, offering up the Lord uh, cattle or goats or sheep. It was offering the Lord mostly something like that. And, and, his, and his thought was, hey, don't wait until the end. I want you to think about, just think about your financial spreadsheet. Think about how you do your bills online, your bank thing, uh, however you have your spreadsheet maybe the 1st and the 15th. This, these are the bills that I pay on the 1st. These are the bills I pay on the 15th. And what do you do first? 
What's the very first thing on the list? This is what Solomon is helping us understand. He said, hey, understand the principle of firsts. Honor the Lord with you. The very best part of our produce, the very first the thing we do, we honor because everything comes from him. Then, then we will fill your, he will fill your barns with grain and your, and your vats will overflow with good wine. Paul says it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. In other words, if you're stingy with this kind of thing, you know, you're not going to hell. It's not like, you know, you're, you're a bad person. It's just like, man, if you're stingy, you're going to not reap a lot. But if you are generous, you'll get a generous crop. I'm not talking about prosperity gospel. just talking about this is a principle of the Word of God. You sow something, you reap. Same with firsts. Same with priorities in our money and what Solomon is saying. And this is where I really started my message. Okay, that's the very first thing. But he, he, I think this is one of the things that helps us with greed. Is, is that we give first. We honor the Lord and say, everything that I have comes from you. Everything that I have comes from you. And I honor you with the very best. I honor you with the first. You're the first thing on my mind because I am blessed. Every good gift comes from the Father of lights. Every, in him we live and move and have our being. We can't even breathe without him. So it's, it's the understanding that, that we just honor the Lord. Let me, let me put it on the screen like this. Are we honoring the Lord with our money or are we just giving? So let me uh, make this illustration. You, you ever go to a checkout register and they say, hey, you want to round up to the nearest dollar for children's fund of some kind? Or you want to give a dollar or five or ten to first responders or, you know, whatever it is, right? There, there's a whole lots of, lots of things. And many of us go, yeah, let's round it up. Many of us go, yeah, I'll give a dollar. Some of us are five. Some of us are like, no. Quit asking. Right? And that's okay. You can do whatever you want to. Be mean. No. I understand you don't know where it's going and I just want to be a good steward. I get it. So no emails on that. Just... This, listen, this is how we treat the Lord sometimes. Yeah, round it up. Afterthought. Yeah, round it up. Yeah, I'll give a dollar. Yeah. We honoring? I'm not trying to be smart aleck here. I mean, I understand maybe, you know, if, if the Lord is like fifth on the list or whatever, it's not like you're a bad person. Again, these are, this is a principle. It's just, it's just understanding how we honor him or not. So it's not to make, everybody look at me. This is not to make you feel condemned or it's like, man, I'm, man I, I'm, I'm bad. I'm no, 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 no. Please don't go there. I'm just asking you the question. I'm just helping you as we read along with Proverbs. And he talks about money. This is, these are the things that he says. He just says, hey, man, just understand, honor him First. And then I promise you, this is Solomon talking, there's blessing. There's blessing. The third principle is this, the principle of hard work. He talks about this many, many times in the book of Proverbs. This is the principle of hard work, and what that does is it gives us wealth. Now, wealth is way more than money, okay? Wealth is way more than just, you know, I'm going to get rich. It, wealth is a variety of things, 
And here's what he says in Proverbs 10, 4 about hard work. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Chapter 12, verse 11 says it like this. A hard worker has plenty of food, but a person who chases fantasies ooh, has no sense. I think many of us would say, you know, I think the Lord could trust me with the lottery. All right, 400 million. How many think the Lord could trust you? How many say, you know what? I, I'll take it. But understand this, and let me just say this. I think most of us, just can we be honest? Most of us would not say, oh, I won the lottery? Oh, no, I don't want it because I know that's going to bring me trouble. Never mind, just give it back. I, I, don't, I don't need that in my life because it's going to really wreck me. I think all of us in the room would say, I'll take my chances. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? So I get it. I'm included in that. So, so it's, it's not about not taking something, but it, it's about a principle again. And, and this principle that, that Solomon is saying, he says, hey, a person who chases fantasies, in other words, who puts all their stock in, in, in a quick get rich. Let me read the next verse, so put it in perspective. A hard worker has plenty of food, but a person who chases fantasies ends up in poverty. The trustworthy persons will get a rich reward, but a person who wants quick riches will get into trouble. The percentages of anyone who wins something large quickly, the chances of them having it in the next five years is almost minimal. Now, there are some outliers, but most big things, quick riches, gets us in trouble. Not only do we lose it, but we lose our families. We lose our purpose. Because hard, the principle of hard work is that we were wired to do so. Many of us are like, man, I'm retiring at 40. I'm retiring at 55. Well, you're going to be bored. Because we are wired for stuff to do. In other words, let me put on the screen like this. Hard work is using the giftings, the ideas, the creativity that God has given us, and we use it for his purpose. We're wired for this. God has given us tremendous ability. I don't know if you've ever watched shows of how to build things. I mean, I am fascinated with people who have that mind. I mean, even handyman, handyman blow me away. And people who can fix stuff on their own. I am not like that. I am far from that. Think of Antarctica far. When I fix things, it costs more money. That is, you know what I'm, Phil knows what I'm saying. It is not a good, it is not God's will for me to work like that, okay? I'm being a little exaggerating there because I am gifted, but <laughs> not in that way. Very, my, my dad, oh my goodness, he could just do anything. Man, I, I can't even, well anyway, anyway. <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, purpose. Some of you are so gifted you, some of, I have friends that have a business mind. I mean, they just know how to make money. And can I just tell you, 
Everybody look at me. If you've ever got this from me, I've, I've heard this before. Man, that's, it's not wrong to have money. Do you understand that? It is not wrong to have wealth. It is not wrong. If wealth has you, that's when it becomes a problem. But I have friends that are so gifted in this area. I mean, it's, it's like I listen, I go, wow, I don't have that gift either. So, Melissa, <laughs> poor her, poor her. And this is what I can do. That's it. <laughs> you're gifted. You're creative. You've got ideas. Use them for his purpose. You're wired that way for a reason. You have the job that you have. You're placed there. The neighborhood that you're placed in, school that you go to, you are placed there for one reason primarily, and that is purpose. Does that make sense? And that purpose is not just to make money, although it is, because you're wired to do so. We are gifted by God to do so. Just understand, hard work pays off. It brings forth wealth, which wealth includes peace. It includes a purpose. So the principle here is use your giftings. Use your ideas and your creativity. Let God work through those for his purpose, not just yours. Good wisdom, right, from Proverbs? It's crazy. It's crazy. Number four, last one, the principle of stewardship, and that's going to bring us reward. When we understand the principle of stewardship, that's going to bring us reward. I want to go back to Proverbs 3. We read this in, in the second point. I want to read it again in a different way. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Let's just stop there. You notice that he doesn't just say, honor the Lord by giving to me the best. He starts with your wealth. Everything that you have belongs to him. Not, not his portion. I've heard this said so many times. Give God what belongs to God. It all belongs to God. We don't have anything without him. So the principle here is stewardship. Not just giving, but stewardship. Honor the Lord with your wealth, and then the best part of everything you produce. That's the giving, and then here's the reward. Then he will fill your barns with grain, and your vats will overflow with good wine. Here's the outline. You ready? It first starts with wealth. Starts with you honoring the Lord with your wealth, not just a part of it, not just what you give, every part of your wealth, everything that you have, you honor the Lord with. Then it goes to giving, and then it goes to reward. See, early in my life, I got this one down. My mom and dad trained me. I was mowing lawns at four years old to help provide for the family. <laughs> Maybe 10, okay. But I mowed the next door neighbor's lawn five bucks. It was, it, I, could, I should have called CPS because it was, it was terrible. It's robbery. Such a big lawn, but it's five bucks. But I, I remember distinctly, if I mowed this lawn, or I had a few that I mowed, my mom would say, you make 10 bucks, you know, you know a dollar. You know, it goes to the Lord. Yes, mom, I understand, right? 
I was trained that way, so all my life, I'm not putting myself up, I'm just saying, because I'm getting ready to tell myself, but I was trained that way. So from the earliest days of my life raising or making money, I understood the principle of giving. I did not understand the principle of honoring the Lord with my wealth. And I wasn't wealthy, but anything you have is wealth. What you have is wealth. And so when Melissa and I got married, we didn't, I didn't understand this concept. Now, I did understand this concept. So I wasn't going to rob God, you know, in the old legalistic terms of, of tithing. Is like, I'm not going to rob God because I don't want to get cursed. I don't believe that. But, but the reality is, I didn't honor the Lord with my wealth. In other words, the best, the rest of, um, I, I gave God the best, but then I did with the rest what I wanted. And guess what? Man, I, I, I understood early in our lives that you could finance stuff. I didn't know you could do that. My dad paid cash for everything. I mean, our house that, that we lived in all my life, never moved one time in my life, was paid for long before I got out of it. I mean, he was so uh, squeaky. <laughs> Mom, am I not lying? I mean, he was so squeaky. Would not spend any money on himself. He'd go get his shoes resold. You know what that, and some of you don't even know what that is. New, new bottoms. Keep the same tops. That was my dad. So when I got married and on my own, I learned that you could find, could you, you know this, you could finance a washer and dryer? Did you know that? I didn't know that. But I found out. And I was like, you can finance a washer and dryer? Not have to come with a bunch of cash? That is awesome. $18 a month. I financed our couch, Fingers Furniture, $16 a month, nice blue sofa and love seat. I am not joking. You can finance a scooter, a Yamaha Elite scooter, 1988, 120 bucks a month, and it's yours. Car, car it was ridiculous. And the only reason I'm saying this is because I don't want you to think that I've got it all together, right? I mean, I'm saying, uh, now, now, I'm John now, and I'm very wise now. <laughs> Back then, I was Johnny, right? And Johnny was D-U-M-B. Dumb. And I'm not, I am not exaggerating one thing that I've said. And many, you can finance a meal. Did you know that? El Chico can be financed ridiculous. The principle that I'm trying to help you, and if you're young in the room, please listen. Please hear me. I'm not trying to put you in. Listen, I'm not trying to make anybody feel condemned or anybody feel weird or feel like, man, I suck. And I probably shouldn't have said that, but, but you know, you understand what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just terrible at this. And man, I come to church and I just feel like condemned. No, 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 no. Don't, we're all in this together. Some of you are better with money than others, but some of you really are terrible at other things. Okay, so, so we're all working together, learning together, so don't feel condemned. I'm just saying today, when you hear the wisdom from Solomon, hey, understand that we're called not only to be givers, but we're called to be stewards. Everything that we have, we steward it well. 
So these are things that I didn't know. And I know some of you know this. It's like, man, are you putting that on the screen? But think of the next generation. My kids, before they got out of high school, were getting mail saying, here, apply for this credit card, apply for this credit card, apply for this credit card. And I'm not saying they're evil. I'm just saying, wow, they have no job, right? So let me, let me just put on the screen something that I didn't understand and really live by. Create and live on a budget. And I'm not just talking about then. I'm talking about right now. I don't care if you make a million dollars a year. Why don't you create and stay on a budget? Create, spend within your means. Live within your means. And I understand, listen, some of us are single parents here, and you're like, John, I'm living paycheck to pay. Totally understand. None of this is to make any, again, none of this is to make any of us feel guilty or feel like, man, you don't understand the, the, the circumstances I'm in. I didn't, I didn't create this. Somebody made this decision for me, and now I'm having to pay for it. You know, I mean, so please understand, I'm just saying in a, in a good world, we're moving toward this way, but we create and live on a budget. We minimize our debt, and then we consistently save. Now, I'm telling you, if you can learn this at 18, 17, 20, if you can learn this now, you will save you and your family so much pain. It was years before Melissa and I understood, okay, wait a minute. We're, well, not her. I, I'm done. How can we become wise? Does that make sense? Create and live on a budget. You know what this is called right here? It's called stewardship. It's called stewardship. I don't care if you make 20000 a year or two million. We're called to honor the Lord with our wealth. Now, here's, here, here's my backup, Proverbs 27. Here's what he says. Know the state of your flocks. In other words, know where your money's going. Know the state of your flocks and put your heart into caring for your herds. For riches don't last forever, and the crown might not be passed to the next generation. He was a king. And a king... Man, you got it all. It's all right there. But man, then what happens? Proverbs 6, verse 6 says, Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. But you, lazy bones, how long will you sleep? In other words, how long will you not save? How long will retirement be pushed? You know what I'm saying? Then when will you wake up? a little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. Let me just put on the screen like this and we're done. Stewardship is the understanding that everything that we have is from God and it matters to him that we manage well because he is for us. That's why. He's not saying, hey, you need to give all the extra. Give it to me. He's not saying that. He's never said that. I mean, like, in a general way, and if he's called you to do that, great, but in a general way, he's not, call, he's not calling everybody to be poor. He's not calling everybody to only live minimally and then give the rest away. If that's what he's called you to do, great, but he's not called all of us to do that. He's for us. And we can have peace in our relationships. We can have peace in our career. We can have peace in our family, but man, some of us have no peace in our finances. And the reason is not because you're a bad person. 
And it's not because you're dumb. It's just because maybe you were never taught. I need to be wiser with my money. Whether you're a waiter, whether you're a teacher, an attorney, a nurse, a doctor, a policeman, a pastor, a businessman or woman, housewife, doesn't matter, housefather, doesn't matter, whoever you are, whatever you are. He's for you. Whatever you make, he's for you. He wants you to manage it well because he wants you to have a good life. He wants you to be taken care of. So these are the wisdom principles. Now, let me ask you a, a greater question. Let's, let's get off of money for a minute. And let me ask you about a greater stewardship, and that is your, your life. How are you managing or how are you spending your life? Are you spending it for yourself? Are you spending it wisely? Are you spending it for your own purpose or are you spending it for the purposes of God? Only when we live in His purpose for our lives, only when we're aligned with Him is there peace that passes understanding. Only when we're aligned with Him is there purpose in our life. When we're not aligned, when we step out of bounds, when we step over here, we're on a treadmill that never ends. Our, this treadmill of greed, selfishness, indulgence, never is enough. But when you step over and say, Lord, I wanna, I wanna manage my greed, I want to honor you with my wealth and my giving. I want, to hard, I want to work hard because you've given me these gifts for a reason. I want to steward well. See, that's, see, all of this is spending your life, is stewarding your life well. And some of us today, where that starts, where good stewardship where purpose starts, alignment starts, is when you surrender and I surrender my life, our lives, to Jesus Christ. Because this life is temporary. Our money is temporary. In the scheme of eternity, you're not going to take it with you. So, so what's more important than money in our lives here on this earth is how are we going to spend eternity? Eternity. And purpose starts with surrendering to Jesus. So would you bow your head, close your eyes, and if you're here in this room, and, and you would just be honest and say, John, you know what, I don't, I don't know. I, I've been in church a lot, but I don't know that I've ever made Jesus the purpose, the, the center. I don't know if I've ever surrendered my life to him. Across all of our campuses, those of you watching online, if you're here today, and you would just say, John, I need to surrender my life. That's where stewardship starts. Would you just raise your hand and say, John, pray for me. I need to steward my life, and I need to surrender it. Yes, 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 yeah. Anybody else just say, yeah, I need to surrender today. I've been far, yeah. I've been far from him across all of our campuses. Just raise your hand and say, I I'm surrendering my life today. 
God, I pray for my friends. I pray for those who want to start life well. And some of us as believers, if we were honest, we've probably not been great stewards of, of not just our life or our money, but our lives. Some of us have been both. So those that are surrendering their life today and just saying, Lord, I want to start and I want to get in alignment with you. Come and be the Lord of my life. I accept the gift and the invitation of eternal life through what Jesus did on the cross by paying for our sins and what he accomplished through the resurrection for eternal life. I put my faith and I put my hope and I put my life on that. And I repent of my sin and I accept your forgiveness. I pray for those in this room and I pray for the believers in this room that the Holy Spirit was knocking loud. It wasn't like a tap, tap, tap. It was like boom, boom, boom on our life, the heart of our lives. I pray for us that we would all become good stewards of our money and our lives. May your kingdom come. May your will be done right here, right now in our lives with our money with everything that we have as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.